Do friendly strangers, fragrant tapas, and a roving manager who pours wine down patrons' throats make you say, Absolutamente sí, orai caramba. Your answer will reveal if ATX's El Raval is a place you should visit. Welcome to the latest podcast edition of Out vs. In, where we share our adventures of eating out with friends and family in popular Austin, Texas restaurants, and then our subsequent attempts to recreate those restaurant meals at home with ingredients from the likes of Central Market, Whole Foods, H-E-B, Amazon, and Costco, all in our never-ending and noble quest to discover if any eat-out spot is worth diners' money and time, or better to pass by and eat in. Today we're sharing the story of our visit to El Raval at 1500 South Lamar Boulevard in Austin, Texas, on a beautiful Saturday night in 2023. So the question again, if you visit, will you be shouting absolutamente si? Yes. Or, ay caramba. Oh no. The verdict? Absolutamente si. Well, or at least I did. And if you like a lively but still comfortable environment, not overly trendy, and the opportunity to eat some of the best darn potatoes on the planet, oh my god, well then I bet you will too. Also, after chatting with El Raval's chef, Leila Pazon. I can assure you that she is as friendly and down-to-earth as they come, and that her childhood spent cooking freestyle with her Filipino family, followed by her culinary training in Spain and Singapore, has given her some serious chef chops. Again, those potatoes. Will the wonders of the spud ever cease? No. My interview with Chef Layla will follow later, but first, a quick rundown. Mm. El Raval is a place where you can enjoy a drink at the bar and nothing else. Salud. A drink at the bar or a table and a small plate or two, or a multi-drink and multi-course meal, and any and all of the above will just be fine and dandy with a chef. Chef Layla's goal is to create a true tapas place, a la Barcelona's El Raval neighborhood, and she's done a great job. The dining room is cozy, with tables surrounded by a few booths. You have no trouble meeting your neighbor if you care to do so. Hello there. Although maybe a little trouble not meeting them, if that's what you want. Concrete floors, wood bar tops, wine barrel cocktail tables, and ample greenery add up to comfort as well. Like the chef, the staff is invariably kind, helpful, and knowledgeable. Maybe this has something to do with the 3% health and wellness charge automatically added to each check to fund employee insurance. As for the food, it's all saucy, savory, and aromatic. Mm. Although some of the menu descriptions involve unpacking, i.e. a Google search, everything we ordered ended up tasting delicious. Highlights, along with those divine potatoes, include the paella de morisco, shrimp, scallops, squid, mussels, lobster broth, mm, and the antecucho de polpo, which is grilled octopus. And the cost? We went with two friends, enjoyed multiple drinks and tapas plates, practically closed down the place, and walked out at a total of $304.70 with tax and tip. Mm. Yeah, not cheap for sure. But not over the top in ATX either. And to be fair, a lot of it was, once again, alcohol. Plus, there really was a manager roving about pouring wine down patrons' throats. No additional charge. For more details on the wine chugging, as well as the rest of our experience, my interview with Chef Layla and our attempts to recreate paella in our own kitchen. Read on. Getting there and settled. When my friend Kate invites James and I to join her and husband Ty for a Saturday night at El Raval, I don't think twice. Kate is super food savvy and can say things like, 
in papi- papillote, flambe, au gratin, and bon bain marie, and actually know what she's talking about. It's pape ota flambe o grata and ba marie. Thank you, Kate. Our reservations are for 7 p.m., and we're lucky to snag the last parking space in the attached lot. Love it when you can get parking off Lamar. A chef is drinking message on a chalkboard greets us outside the door and continues, if the chef is drinking, it's a party. And indeed, lively music and conversation surround us as we step inside. Two tables have 10 or more guests. The rest of the smaller tables are mostly full and a cheerful crowd mills about the cocktail barrels. Black, El Raval, El Raval, El Raval graffiti scrawled across the white tile strikes an urban tone. Welcome, 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 the host greets us and leads the way to a foretop in the midst of the action. Kate has been to El Raval before and shares a tip. The octopus is a must. They do it sous vide. See what I mean? Our server arrives, so I quiz him. What's sous vide? And he patiently explains, but my attention is caught by the wine-pouring manager making the rounds and I don't catch it all. Sadly, the manager misses our table this time. <laughs> so we console ourselves as best we can by ordering our own drinks. Hey, it's a party. Two old whiskers, James says. That's buttered bourbon, orange, and amaro, and essentially an old-fashioned. Kate and Ty both order a glass of red wine. I speak a little Spanish, and the menu has a nice mix of things I would understand anyway, things I understand only because of my Spanish, and things I don't understand at all. Actually, for me, it's just the right amount of intriguing, but it might lean towards confusing for someone with no Spanish knowledge. But then again... Every staff person who stops by our table, and there are many, they seem to be doing a group service thing a bit here, and it's working for them, is only too eager to answer our questions. So, for our order, patatas bravas, those crispy potatoes, spicy tomato sauce, setas al carbón, antecucho de popo, that's octopus, albondigas, okay, those are meatballs, and paella de marisco, shrimp, scallops, squid, mussels, lobster broth. FYI of the paellas, paellas, the menu notes. We make them fresh so they can take up to 40 minutes to prepare. So it might have been a good idea to order those earlier, but we didn't. I'm guessing this is going to be a night. Old whiskers and wine for all. Thank you very much. The patatas bravas arrive first, and I really can't overstate how delicious these are. Fried to crispy perfection with tender insides and topped with a spicy tomato sauce that I'm thinking of campaigning to have replaced every ketchup bottle in every restaurant across the land. Trust me, deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, you want these potatoes on your plate. You need these potatoes on your plate. Much more than beluga caviar or those truffles you pretend to enjoy at those parties. You know it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we make short work of these and are licking the sauce from our fingertips when a server appears with our setas al carbón and albondigas. The sedas, mushrooms scattered across hummus, topped by an egg yolk and accompanied by a pancake crepe-like flatbread, are not my favorite. The hummus is a little too thin and the flatbread a little too moist, but the earthy flavors are interesting. Al carbón, by the way, is a Spanish phrase meaning over charcoal. There's your fact with which to astound your friends. As for the meatballs, although there are only three, they are chunky and big enough for the four of us to share. The words rich, decadent, and succulent come to mind rather than spicy, making them a worthy contender in the comfortable, crowd-pleasing food category. Good. Speaking of crowd-pleasing, the manager has sallied forth with his bottle of wine again, and this time we are determined not to miss it. 
Over here, over here, we call. And he obliges. Check out the blog at outversusin.com to see Kate being whined. Although the wine is yummy, the really wonderful thing about this experience is that by the time I've had my turn to, along with James and Ty, we've made friends with two adjacent tables. A good time is being had by all, and it doesn't let up when the octopus makes its grand appearance. First impression, this dish is gorgeous. Pinks, greens, golden browns, and so many textures. And it's clearly a tentacle too, which I love curling around the plate like it's trying to snag a juicy pepper or a roasted potato. Gimme! This is the tastiest octopus I've ever had, Kate says. Bar none. The flesh is firm but still tender. Oh my. No need to chew on your back teeth. Something my denizen of the octopus's garden, Kate, assures me is not often the case. It also pairs beautifully with the sauces that cradle it versus overwhelm. Our server stops by to assure us that our paella will soon be on its way. We ordered two bright and stormy cocktails. That's mezcal, some ginger beer, some vanilla, citrus, as well as some more wine in celebration. I don't care for the bright and stormy very much when it arrives, but if you prefer an alcoholic drink that doesn't taste much like alcohol, it might be your thing. Why, 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 why? The paella, though, turns out to be very much my thing, as well as a thing for my dining companions. It's a hot, round pan chock full of goodies. Mm. The shrimp, scallops, squid, and mussels as well as green peas and fragrant rice. We squirt the lemon slice over the lot and scrape up every bite. Rich, creamy goodness, enhanced by the lobster broth and not very spicy, fantastico. Cooking paella, Google tells me, apparently requires keen sensitivity to time and technique. Chefs use special strains of rice with especially thick coats of starch. Cooking this rice long and slowly gives the starch and the paella that distinctive creamy texture it's not something chefs could do in advance, thus the longer time between ordering and serving. Hmm. Word to the wise, however, El Ravel's paella is really only enough for two, which the menu clearly states, but we somehow missed. So definitely think tapas if you're going to be sharing with a larger group. Hmm. Okay. The bill comes at last to $304.70, I'll remind you. Wow. And we quickly sign, as we realize we're practically the last people in the place, and skedaddle into the night. Well, before we see how we fared attempting a reboot at home, here's my interview with El Raval's kind, talented, and indefatigable Chef Leila Bazon. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you about El Raval. Well, it's becoming a real favorite of mine. The food is delicious, but I also really love the environment. It's very comfortable while still feeling kind of festive at the same time. What are the things you've done to try to make this environment happen in your restaurant? When people ask me, what do you miss most about living in Spain, about being in Barcelona or San Sebastian? It, it's not about a particular food that I miss. It's the bar culture. You just go to any bar and you can just have a, a glass of wine, a tapa, or even like a cortado or a, an espresso. And you feel the vibe, like you can talk to a stranger next to you or you can choose not to, but it's a vibe. Here it's like you kind of have to commit to a full dinner sometimes or you could go to a wine bar, but then they won't have like an, an extensive menu. So it's like there is no middle ground. So that's exactly what we're trying to do here. 
Yeah. That definitely happened, especially the first time I was in. I've been three times now um, when I came with some friends and we were sitting more in the central part of the restaurant. And we ended up talking to the tables on either side of us. And that was partly facilitated by this wonderful man I want you to tell about who was going around with his glass mm -hmm. uh, pitcher. Yes. And, and giving us all wine. And it was right. just that it created this kind of connection between us right. and the tables around us. And the next thing it was like, there was, instead of our little foursome, it felt like for a few minutes there, we were like a group of 20, you know, yeah. enjoying the experience together. So what, what was that guy doing? And what's that all about? <laughs> That's awesome. His name is Derek, actually. He's one of our managers and he loves doing that. He, he goes around with the Peron. It's called the Peron in Spanish. Peron, Peron. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So he, we usually fill it with like cava. You can also fill it with uh, white wine, whatever you like. We just stay away from red wines because it stains, right? Oh. So we just- <laughs> A good point. Because <laughs> it's a culture too in Barcelona, you share wines, right? It's such a lovely experience because it, it, it breaks the barriers. It's a general reminder that you're here to like celebrate life though. Let's have fun and share a brown, right? <laughs> um, so on to some of the cooking. Uh, we really enjoyed the octopus. And I understand uh, from your, your server that you use a technique sous, sous vide. Right, uh, can, you, yes. can you tell us a little bit about that, uh, what you do and how it works with the octopus to make it so tender? So sous vide, is, uh, the literal translation is like in a bag. So what we usually do here in the restaurant is to like confit the octopus. So we put it in a bag with olive oil, with some garlic, a little bit of aromatics in there, like parsley as well, and cook it in low temperature. So when you seal the bag, it just cooks it in olive oil and all of the juices from the octopus itself, right? So we cook it for five hours at 77 Ooh. Fahrenheit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> The, the collagen starts breaking down, but in a nice way. You don't overcook it. It's idiot proof. It's always the same results every time, you know, and it's, oh, it's you make it sound simple, but I'm sitting here picturing you're prepping for the dinner hour. You don't know exactly how many people are going to order octopus or when they're going to order it. So it's almost like canning, you know, but like obviously without cans, right? Imagine those uh, food grade pouches. We have a, a vacuum sealer here that takes out all the water and moisture from the from the bag because you need that too to, to cook it consistently. You, you don't need any air inside so that when you like put it in the water, it would cook well. So you yeah. have these special bags. What else are maybe some of the unique equipment you have or something that would allow you to do your sort of, I, I know it's Barcelona, but you also draw from your Filipino roots to kind of, you say, these are the things I need in my kitchen. Yeah, so like uh, the restaurant, for example, we serve this uh, pork belly that's also sous vide for like 12 hours and then we finish it on our grill, which is like a charcoal grill. So that's also an homage to like Filipino cooking. We, we do a lot of grilling on charcoal and also in Spain, we do that a lot. And then we use like an escabeche, which is Filipino adobo, which is a combination of soy, vinegar, garlic, and onions. It's so simple, but then when you eat it with proteins like pork belly or even grilled chicken, it's it's really, really good. And to add a bit of Spanish touch to it, we serve it with like a grape and Marcona almond salad. One of my questions for you, I'm putting you on the spot. If you were going to have to order a meal tonight, you said, okay, I'm going to eat in my own restaurant. What would be a favorite go-to that you would say, well, I'm going to have that tonight? That's hard because, um, <laughs> I mean, I love everything that we 
put it on the menu, right? I would have to say it's the pork belly because it's uh, it's my mom's recipe, actually. I, I took it from her. So, I mean, yeah, it's a very special dish for me. Well, you mentioned your family on the website. And one of the things I, I really liked is you said it's like freestyle cooking. Your family cooks freestyle and they just get whatever's fresh. They go out and buy, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it again, seems to me to get this image of a family day together, friends, and you're kind of putting in a pinch of that and, and a pinch of this, which is sort of intimidating to somebody like me. But does that become more natural the more you do it? So my family, we love to eat. Our weekends, we always like spend it in a kitchen. So it's a family activity, right? All of my aunts would come and like do their own thing. So you get to hang out with the with your family, talk gossip, you know, talk about your lives and whatnot, and also cook together. So that's, that's the best, best way to like spend time together. It, it's funny, you mentioned this, because when I started going to culinary school, I would always cook with my mom. And I would always say like, no, your technique is wrong. This is how it's done. You should do it this way. And she stopped and looked at me like, I don't like cooking with you anymore because you're not uh, fun, you know? Like, <laughs> you have all of these roles. And for her, yeah. cooking is like an, an expression, right? Because he ju she just prepared whatever she likes, and it always turns out great. You took, obviously, a little bit of a route away from your, it sounds like, wonderful family. Went into, was it finance for a while right, first right. In, in Dubai? Is that right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my family, they're very traditional too, right? They wanted us to like pursue a, a normal career, right? Even if I loved food before, it never really occurred to me to pursue a career in cooking because it's not what one does. So I studied economics and then went to the whole graduate program thing with JP Morgan. And then after that, went to Deutsche Bank and then went to Dubai to, to work in a finance group there. But then there's always a, like... I'm always like thinking about what if, you know, I'm too old to like really do this thing that I'm passionate about. And, you know, like it's not like I'm super miserable with what I was doing before. I was actually okay. It was a comfortable job, right? But I'm like, you know what? I owe it to myself to, to at least try. So I went to San Sebastian in north of Spain, Basque country, and just stodge there. I, I gave myself a year, actually. I'm going to work for free and see if this is really for me. And if not, I can always go back to banking or finance, you know. And I did that. And it was really hard because I have to start from, from scratch, from zero. And most of the people in Europe, like you start young when you're 15, 16, if you really mm -hmm. want to pursue a career in cooking, and then you just do the apprenticeship program, you go to a culinary school that work for like the best restaurants <laughs> in Spain or in France or anywhere in Europe, really. But I didn't have the time to do that. So I kind of like did my own curriculum and just did it <laughs> like a fast paced program. <laughs> you know what I mean? So well, I do. I'm heartened to hear you say that, too, because you like to feel like or I feel like everybody likes to feel like that there's not a time it's too late to go after what they're dreaming of doing. And, and look what you've done. I mean, Austin's a very competitive restaurant scene. And from what I understand, you just came to Austin in 2022 and you have your own restaurant. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was, I was very fortunate enough. You mentioned when you started in the restaurant business, how hard it was. And it is hard. 
it's wonderful in a lot of ways that you mentioned, but it is very challenging and has been for a lot of restaurant workers since the pandemic in particular. And you have a health and wellness charge you have on your menu, which is to help with providing health insurance for employees. So coming from, from Spain, right? Like that was never a problem. Like health insurance is never a problem. So when it was time for us to be here, obviously it's a, it's a culture shock for us. And so we were thinking about on how to take good care of our staff, right? I think we owe it to them. So with the health and wellness charge, we get to like extend this medical insurance to most of our staff, right? If they're full-time, obviously. And not only that, but also PTO, because I feel like in the restaurant industry, that's never done, right? We all deserve to like pause and recharge. I don't think it makes a lot of like difference with you, with, with the bill, right? It's 3% and everything goes to the staff. Well, I think you can feel those things. You can feel it when you're in a place where people feel they're cared for and that they're part of something collaborative, which is right. part of what I think makes your restaurant so, so welcome and such a really yeah. happy place to be. So we will be back. I just wanna say thank you so much for this time. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to to learn from you and uh, get enticed for the next thing I'm going to try when I come in. Awesome! Yeah, let me know when you're you know when you're here, and uh, we'll take good care of you. So. I sure will. I sure will. Thank you so much for talking to us today. We appreciate it. Sure thing. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay, moving on. We decided to attempt only two El Raval dishes in our own kitchen due to one of those aforementioned dishes' sensitivity to time and technique. The paella de marisco, the tricky one. And then the patatas bravas, because I would be so delighted if I could somehow whip these wonder spuds up at home at a moment's notice. And I'm proud to report that in the end, they both turned out really very well. We did struggle with the paella bit at first. We had to let it be a little more soupy than desired to avoid overcooking the fish and concluded we should have waited longer before adding the latter. Our recipe directions are at out versus in, and they have been adjusted so that it can hopefully turn out perfectly next time. Yay! Look for them on our website under Reboots El Raval. But my reboot of the patatas bravas tasted good enough for me to want to add them to my permanent eaten repertoire. You made these? Really? Not at a moment's notice, though. They involved a lot more work than simply walking into El Raval cozying up to the bar and placing an order. One patatas bravas, please. And for not a lot less, the cost at El Raval was $11 for those glorious spuds, and ours cost me a little more than seven. Impressive. Summing up, the cost for paella de marisco and patatas bravas at El Raval with tax, the 3% health and wellness charge, and a 22% tip, $62.07. The cost for cooking the same in my kitchen with tax, $26.03. And that's a delta of 6207 minus 2630 equals $35.77. So, the verdict revisited. Hey, $35.77 ain't that much. Especially when one way gets you an in to a party. Another ends up with dirty dishes. Go to El Raval. You can spend a lot, as I guess we sort of did, and close down the place, as we also sort of did, but you can also order only a glass of wine and some patatas bravas and be welcomed just as warmly by Chef Layla and her friendly staff as if you'd blown the rent money. Uh-oh. You can get a reservation for a larger group for 7 p.m. on a Saturday and be in the thick of action, Ole. like we did. 
Or you can walk in with a friend or on your own on a weeknight or early or late weekend evening and grab a seat at the bar. You can meet diners at a neighboring table and chat up the bartender. What's up? Or you can keep to yourself. Check out the staff in the open kitchen and have a laugh watching the manager serve wines, sign a glass. <laughs> and with any of these options, you don't have to rush. There's no sense of hurry at all in true Barcelona style. Moreover, you can enjoy some seriously delicious food that you can absolutely give a whirl at making yourself at home afterwards. But again, count on a lot more time and effort than what you'll have to put in at El Ravel. And sadly, if and when your paella comes out soggy, there likely will be no one to pour wine straight down your throat to make you not care so much. <laughs> but if there is, invite me over, y'all. Because your kitchen sounds like a fun place to be. That was a great way to end it. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Now for the disclaimer and copyright. This is a personal blog. Any views or opinions represented in this blog are personal and belong solely to the blog owner, me, and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. With the exception of Reboot Recipes, all content including images, unless otherwise explicitly stated, again, are covered by U.S. copyright law. Users may not copy, reproduce, transmit, distribute, download, or otherwise transfer this content without express permission from the administrator of Adverzen. Again, that is me. Bye!